who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and we have a special guest today which i'll get to in a second been a couple weeks since our last show so eric couldn't make it this week so I decided to get another guest to come in, and we'll introduce this guest now. She looks nervous, awkward, and everything else. Mrs. PPW, Lauren. Hello. How are you? I am you, ner- nervous. You closer to the mic. I am nervous. Too close. Terrified. Too, too and, just okay. talk. I'm just easy. Just talk. <laughs> so this week, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and hopefully after Lauren has a few more sips of her beer, she'll become less nervous and awkward. But wrestling fans were used to nervous and awkward. I no promises. I assigned her, my wife, my f- four matches. It was going to be five matches, but with children, it, it worked out to four. Four matches to watch and to give her opinion on said matches. And I don't know what they are yet. And we'll go over what it is in a second and what matches and why I picked them and all that. But I thought it'd be fun to listen to someone that's not really a wrestling fan but has some knowledge of it and give her thoughts on it and hope you guys enjoy that as well and hopefully a fun show comes about this week if this is your first time listening to us you can follow us on twitter at ppw podcast if you want to follow us there for show information for tweets for pictures of all my wrestling junk etc we're at ppw podcast also on instagram at ppw underscore podcast and if you want to support the show the best way is just honestly to listen you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms just search positively pro wrestling podcast hit subscribe if you happen to be an itunes user you want to leave a review that'd be awesome because it helps more people find the show so we've gotten a bunch of reviews and that's great keep those up we have a few t-shirts on whatamaneuver.net they make quality shirts so go pick those up uh but that's it for all the propers. Normally, I ask Eric every week, what's up? Any wrestling junk you've bought lately or anything going on? Nothing like that for you. I have not purchased any wrestling junk this week. Have I? I don't think I have. I don't think I, yeah, you got some at Target yesterday. That's for Jeff. Oh, sorry. Fully well, yes, that's his Vader, which I'll be shipping out tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, it's his Vader. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you are a nice okay. guy. All right. So let's start with you, Lauren. One. <laughs> it's funny because you're so awkward with us. What is your feelings, thoughts on professional wrestling prior to meeting me? Did you have anything knowing about it prior to meeting me in 2008? Uh, prior to meeting you, I think my only knowledge of pro wrestling would have been the basic knowledge of anyone who grew up in the 2000s. I, I knew who Hulk Hogan was. I... What what year do you think you were born? You didn't grow up in the 2000s. You grew up in the 80s and 90s. 90s older than I am. By three months. Older is older. It's just basically before you, I had the very, very basic knowledge of recognize some of the characters. 
Kind you've of. Never watched wrestling before. I had never watched wrestling. Did you have any before. friends at all ever that had pro wrestling on in the background? No. Really? That's weird. You know, there's somebody. Like there's some wrestling fan. That's weird. okay. No, I I went to school and my background's in um, theater. So, we would do. So, okay, okay, hold on. So you definitely should be watching wrestling. Well, I'm we'll saying, talk about this with the, some of the matches you watched this week. That's true. Well, I'm saying that there are many connections that we can find at our parties. We would have newsies on in the background and be singing along to that. We would not be watching pro wrestling anywhere. Okay. Then you met me in 2008. True. And at that time. I was starting to get back into wrestling after being lapsed for five or six years. So I hadn't watched it probably consistently since about 2000. So like eight years. And then I started getting back into it and it, it, it kind of snuck up on you, I think. It, it was one of the things that when we first met, it was something that you said, oh, this is, I enjoy this. You know, it was, it was definitely not anything. It wasn't even like you're your top interests or the it wasn't things at the time, that you talked about the most. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, you know, he sort of, he sort of likes wrestling and, and that's fine. And, you know, I knew you more as music and baseball. So that was the okay. focus when you we first started dating. All right. So then I slowly started exploring my wrestling fandom more and more. I think because like, all right, I've got a girlfriend now that became my fiance and wife. So... None of my time needs to be spent elsewhere, so maybe just focus on another my energy and passion. So I just went towards pro wrestling. And we also moved in together about six months after we started yep. dating, so you couldn't really hide anything but anymore. But again, again, I was I, I wasn't hiding it. I just literally was becoming more into it as I got older, and that happened with uh, going to WrestleManias and things like that. All right, and true. I mean, going back, it also with the fact of my background in theater, I was used to people being interested in. The the obscure. And, hey, this and... isn't obscure. It's awesome. Anyway, okay. Anyway, don't be judging. Don't be judging anybody here. <laughs> no, positive. Okay. You also, by the way, guys, when I first started this podcast, Lauren goes, who's going to listen? That was her support. And now look at you on the show, on the show in our PPW studio, which we're going to build out maybe. I'm going to. This is not the first time I've been on the show. I know. You were on there a long time ago when we first started to talk about a WrestleMania trip. I had you watch a few matches here. And you may have seen some of them kind of before, but not. I wanted originally to pick different eras. Uh, I had her watch four matches. So I had you watch Macho King Randy Savage versus Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania 7, which is my favorite match of all time. And it's the best match of all time. I had you watch Brett the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog from SummerSlam 1992. I had you watch for a more recent... uh, match i guess modern for nxt jenny gargano versus adam cole nxt takeover new york in 2019 also from 2019 an aew match double or nothing cody versus dustin rhodes so we've got four matches here lauren's got lots of notes and i have a lot of things to talk to her about again this is someone that's not a wrestling fan let's hear what you have to say and also what's going to be weird is a lot of this show is nostalgia and like where were you at the time and like thoughts and things like that so you don't have that at all to lean back on so without the rose-colored glasses of nostalgia, let's see how some of these matches hold up. Go ahead. In my defense... This you, is a... No one's judging you. That's fine. But I will say that I am more than a wrestling novice. I know well, now most you of are. The, you live here. Of course well, you are. I don't it's have, on the wall. I don't have a choice. But I would say in the time that we've been together, I have also taken an interest in your, in your 
love of wrestling and i watch matches with you and i sometimes know- but if the handmaid's tales on you're watching that let's absolutely be let's be real here let's <laughs> or, or whatever zoe's infinite playlist over the show you're that, watching and i also just finished that episode. this is very us good. all right so yes yeah, so it's not completely minimum in the future i might do a show with someone that's never watched any wrestling ever i know a couple people of that so i might do that in the future but this one i want to do with you because it's convenient you'll live here so i don't have to just re- rearrange schedules too much and two, you have a little bit of knowledge, and also you're a girl, which is different to be a fan for uh, a fake sport, real sport, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, that's targeted towards men. I will say that whenever I meet a guy at like work, my coworkers or anything like that, who know things about wrestling, they are always blown away that I sort of know what I'm talking about. Well, kudos. You're welcome. You got street cred because of me. Nobody cares about newsies. You're not doing. There's no newsies talk. No one's getting impressed by knowing Christian Bale is in Newsies. Let me tell you. Give me five minutes. I'll find you plenty of podcasts the Newsies talk cast. about Newsies. The Newsies cast. <laughs> All right. I think what we'll do is I don't know Lauren's rankings yet. I don't know her notes yet. I know a little bit maybe based on one of the matches. We tweeted out a picture of one of them, her reaction to it. So we'll go from least favorite to most favorite. Which match is your least? F- also, for, for first off, of the four matches we watched, did you hate any of them and did you love any of them you have to say which one were you like oh i don't like this at all was there any you didn't like at all like you could find nothing good about it there was none that i didn't like at all okay. there were there were redeemable qualities in all okay. four matches all right so let's oh, that's good to know so let's rank what is your number four which one we get to, what's the least one you like the least well you're going to know the answer to this because little known fact I'm not a fan of any matches that include blood. I usually get turned off very quickly and can't actually watch it. So in these four you gave me, okay. the number four spot goes to Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes because that poor man was leaking. Yes, we'll talk about the blood and we'll ask about it. Okay, so let's let's get, get your notes ready. We'll talk about it. I do. So there was a little bit of a background uh, preamble video package hype video to it. Do you have any notes on that? The weird hype video package that they did. And this was a little bit weird, too, because this match, the only real build to it was Cody wants to take down the old guard attitude era, which is Dustin. So that's weird. And then you had a funny note. You said, oh, he goes by Dustin now. He's fancy. You didn't know he wasn't always gold dust. He was Dustin Rhodes before that. So what what are your initial notes? What do you have here to start? Then we'll kind of go back and forth throughout the match. Sure. So the initial notes that I have from the opening segment is that the really um, cheesy music video that seemed to okay. open up that <laughs> that okay. situation. Um, and how old Dustin looked. Like he just, I, I forget that he's 50. And I, and I understand that a lot of the wrestlers are older than my preconceived notions are of them. But the close-up shots of him getting his grease paint all over his face. He just looked so old, and I felt so bad. Yes. And then the entrance is, Cody's, this is Cody's entrance. This is a very famous kind of cringe entrance where he took the hammer and smashed the throne. Did you understand what he was going for there at all? I had no idea what he was going for at all. Um, and what I did notice is, the, one of the notes I took is that it looked like Cody was preparing for his um, community theater production of 1776. <laughs> his gear, okay. <laughs> his revolutionary gear, okay. Yes. Um, and I feel like th- this was the f- 
I've watched AEW shows before, yeah. and they have definitely gotten way better since that match. Um, but one of the things that stuck out to me is how the production quality was very amateurish compared to what they do now. So okay. that well, was interesting. This is their first official pay-per-view ever. And I agree. They, they you know, working also, out their kinks. Also, WWE and WWF are the best production company in television, period. Oh, absolutely. So, Superboy and stuff, they're the best. So comparing it to that's kind of interesting. Okay, so you did like his Revolutionary War gear. So just so you know, the reference to the smashing of the throne was that's a, like a Triple H-style throne. And Cody thought it'd be cool to use symbolism to use a sledgehammer to take it down. And then you heard Brandy screaming, take it down, or whatever it was. So she was out there as well. Well, I mean, he did, he did hit his mark because he hit the middle of the, the throne and it did sort of fall apart. So, mm-hmm. I mean... No, I didn't. What's funny is I've I've seen the WrestleManias where Triple H comes in on those thrones, and I didn't put that together. At okay, all. okay. So there you go. Novice fan didn't get it. This was for the insider fans, to everybody. I will note that this match is pre-terrible Cody Rhodes neck tattoo. It is. It is. That is something I also noticed right okay. away. This match is a kind of a slow start match, kind of slow plotting. So what notes do you have to? the initial start of the match, how it, how it gets started with Cody and Dustin. I have a note that it was a slow start. Like okay. I noticed that it was very slow paced and um, nothing coming off impressive right away. So you weren't sucked in right away. What about when the crowd was all into it and chanting and did you notice how hyped the crowd was at all? The blonde lady with the glasses in the front row. I couldn't, Stop looking at her because she was having more fun than anyone else in that arena. She was very into it. Okay. She was very into a big Cody fan. So the slow start happens and pretty, I'd say pretty quickly into this match, they do a spot where they rip the turnbuckle off and it's supposed to be exposed turnbuckle. However, and a bit of a screw up, there's a little bit of uh, fabric left on it and Dustin hits that, goes to the floor and that's when he starts bleeding. Pretty profusely. You didn't know this. You were asked, like, where did he get cut? And I said, oh, he cut himself. And you were like, what? He cut, they cut themselves? No. You, I Okay, go ahead. I know that they used to cut themselves. Still do. I, I don't think I knew that they still cut themselves. I know that WWE, WWE do doesn't nope. do it anymore because of the TV show, yep. like PG. stations they were on and everything like that. So I had... Not that I didn't know that they cut themselves. I kind of had forgotten that they cut themselves. I will. I know you don't like blood. Mm. When I was watching this match, to me, it really got going once the blood happened. It started amping up the intensity and the drama. Did that do anything for you at all? Or were you just so grossed out by the blood? Blood? Face paint? Who really knows? It was pretty gross. the first you couldn't tell. But then... I would say that once they started doing the close-up shots where he was legit leaking Dustin's on the leaking, ring yep. mm-hmm. and the pan to his face when it's literally dripping off of his nose, I just, my my interest level just goes so out the window at that point. Okay. I have no interest in watching, I lose a lot of interest in watching Let the match ask, when I'm watching someone leak blood. I'll ask you this. Do you think it would have been as good if there was no blood? I would have actually paid attention to the wrestling if there was no blood. Okay, you were that grossed out by it. Well, because there's differences. There's been other matches that, you know, someone cuts themselves or gets blood on it. I think the amount of blood Mm 
took away from All me right. actually paying attention. I got a few more questions. What other notes do you have before we get to the fin- towards the finish of the match? Any other notes besides I was it? excited that DDP showed up for apparently no reason. That was exciting. He, so you didn't have context. He's a part of the Nightmare family. One of DDP's is one of Cody Rhodes' friends because he was Dusty's dad. He was his dad's friend. So he's in the family. And he took out Brandy after the ref kicked her out for spearing gold dust, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, any other notes you have? Um, the, I noticed a, a couple of every once in a while they'd have a really cool move, but I think that this match to me felt kind of slow. Um, but does them did it? Did you feel like it was building towards a finish? Did did they get like did they ever get you a few points when you were watching like oh this is the end or no? I mean they got me when Dustin took off Cody Rhodes' pants and just started spanking him in the middle of the match. That was kind of interesting. You thought that was the finish? No, I. <laughs> No, it was just one more thing. There, I mean, Cody did a cool flip near the end, and um, towards the mic. Yeah, but I, I would say, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Half of these notes are, there's so much blood. Someone get that man a towel. Like, why is there so much blood? Did you just want it to end? I did. I don't. I, I will be the first to admit, I do not like matches that have a lot of blood. So, it it took it. It took it away from me. Like. So the match ends. Cody hits the crossroads, gets the win. There is a lot of blood, and there, I like this match a lot. I think it tells a story throughout of them beating the hell out of each other, and then Dustin coming back, almost stealing a win. Cody getting the win. Then post match, they have kind of a breakdown where Cody comes in, tells him, you know, you don't get to retire. I need a partner, and he does the famous. I need my older brother. So you didn't. You didn't. You were that was too cheesy. You weren't in on this. It was real. He was really ups. He was. Go ahead. Uh, I I I'm not, believe... listen. 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 Don't be influenced by my commentary. Give your <laughs> legit thoughts after this. You were like, what? What happened there? I thought it was really cheesy. Oh no! You have no heart. <laughs> my older brother. I need my older brother. Okay. Well, you will help. You will make a lot of anti AEW fans listen to the show happy that you thought that was dumb. I liked it. Because to me, it was like, okay, we just beat the hell out of each other. This is it. You know, we grew up kind of together. And he was a, you don't really know the backstory either. So that kind of hurts too. Because Dustin and Cody have the same dad, but different moms. And for the longest time, Dustin was estranged from the family because he didn't like Dusty so much. And then Cody just looked up to Dustin so much as a kid. And they're 20 years apart and all this stuff. And this is a big emotional moment for them. Their dad died. They're headlighting this pay-per-view. They didn't headlight, but they were one of the main events of the pay-per-view. And so, yeah, I guess you kind of need to, if, if, knowing, if you knew any of that, would that have helped? Are you Pro- st- probably. Okay. Okay. So that, that helps. So context is key here. So overall, a letter grade, we do letter grades on this show, A through F, minuses and pluses are allowed. What do you give this first match? I mean, taking out my factor of blood would take it you down to like a in. D minus. Okay. But um, I would say like the actual match itself was probably like a a solid B in my in my book. Okay, for someone that didn't like it a lot, you give it a good grade. My parents would be very happy if I got B's. I didn't do those till college. Not very good. Okay, what was the next match you want to pick? Um. Because the next three are just all bangers. <laughs> what do you got here? I mean, I will say that the next three are pretty good, but I think between my two ranking ones, two, by the way. 
Uh, but between my two ranking ones, my my number three match is going to be the Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Oh, interesting. I would have thought that had been higher. Okay, so this is two out of three falls. NXT TakeOver New York, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. This is a more modern match, definitely a more modern style. You have some notes on this. The Cole-Johnny, first off, the hype video. Much better than the Cody, kind of better. The pre-match hype video with Johnny and Adam Cole. I, I was good. I mean, my first note is that I, neck surgery is terrible. I feel t- bad for anybody Tommaso who Ciampa, has to go through neck surgery yes, in wrestling. Tommaso Ciampa was the champion, had to uh, you know give it away because he got neck surgery. So, And they had the, the hype video of this for the undisputed champion. My The hype video, I was very torn because Johnny Gargano is from Cleveland. So I had to support... You're not from Cleveland. I'm not from Cleveland, but I am from Ohio. And so I have... There's... What you should have learned in the past 13 years is that there's an unhealthy allegiance when oh, you're I'm from aware. Ohio. You, all you weirdos, every one of you guys, the you the doing the favor guys, you wear t-shirts with the state's name on it. Every, But it's not like one people. Everybody has it. I don't get it. I don't wear Illinois. I don't even wear Chicago shirts. What is it? Are you And also, the other thing about Ohio, everybody freaking leaves. Everyone is everyone in Chicago in who lives in Uptown, who lives in Lakeview. Where are you from? Oh, we're from Columbus. Oh, I'm from Akron. I'm from um, Miami. They're all from Ohio, and they all leave. But they got to wear the shirt letting you know they're from there. Because Ohio never leaves you. It's in your then heart. Then why are you leaving if you loved it so much? That's a great question. Okay. Anyway, if house hunters has taught me anything, people move back there to the, the shore north or whatever. The short north all the time. The yes. Shore. All right. So go ahead. So then I'm torn because Johnny Gargano is from Cleveland. And so part of me feels like I have to okay. vote for him. But then as I also commented yesterday, as we were watching it, Adam Cole is extremely attractive. So I was also voting for him. <laughs> Did you know who was going to win this match before we watched it? I did. Okay. Um, because I believe that we'd watched some of this pay-per-view together before. Maybe. Um, well, I was here, so you, we wouldn't watch it live. No, we. you didn't watch it live because you were in New York. So I don't remember if I was watching it while I was home. Um, also, or, a lot of times I have matches on, like in the background while I'm doing something, you'll come talk to me and something will be on. And you'll get like watching it for a few seconds. So maybe that was it. Either yeah, way. I've never watched this match before, but I don't know if it if I saw the NXT the next week or something, but I knew that Johnny Gargano was the champion. So, okay. yeah. All right. So what other notes you got? We got the entrances and Adam Cole, baby. I would, my biggest note that I have um, is that I've really, after watching some older matches, because I will say that you watch older matches more often than I do. Yes. I tend to watch more modern wrestling when I'm watching mm-hmm. stuff or when I'm joining in on you. Um, so the other two matches you had me watch were the first time I had really like watched and listened old to old matches yep. in a while. Um, and my first note that I've noticed is that the announcers in modern wrestling are not as funny or entertaining as the, oh, old, no. as the old announcers. No, for sure. Well, in fairness, you were watching with Bobby the Brain Heenan, who is amazing in the best, the other two matches, but go ahead. So I, that was one of the notes that, that I was noticing is that modern announcers now tend to do more of a play-by-play and actually explaining what's going on in the ring and saying every move that's happening and then okay. maybe doing a quip here and there. Whereas the older announcers just make racist and inappropriate jokes the whole time. So which do you prefer, the funny announcers or the play-by-play guys? The funny announcers. Okay, that's a lot know. of my comments in the other, okay, good in to the know. other ones. Good to know. What else you got here for 
The match starts. Crowd seem, the crowd seems pretty hyped. crowd seems pretty hyped, and I will have to fully admit I can't watch a pay-per-view without looking for Carrie. I I know every time that they scan the first row that I have to find where, where Carrie's sitting. So yep, once I figure him. that out, then I can keep going with the match. Yes. So this is a two out of three falls match. Do you have any thoughts on that? Are you kind of like, Ugh, I'm going to watch three of these? Uh, I, I This match was way more frantic than the other match. It was. It felt very... Um, fast-paced and very kind of disjointed um the, in the movements and and in the the pacing yeah the start of this match is kind of slow and i feel like after the first fall after adam cole gets the first fall it really picks up i don't know what note you have on that yeah um well the thing that i kind of pulled out of it which i i found interesting is that with the more modern matches again they do all the replays because they have the ability to Mm-hmm. Replay? Picture and picture stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it pulls out from watching the actual match. Okay, so you I don't, don't like, like the it. replays. Okay, but what um, about a big move? Like, oh, I gotta see that again. Oh, the belly to belly move was really cool. Like, it was awkward when what it. What belly to belly move? They both came at each other. Okay. Oh, right, like, right. Kind they of like crisscrossed bellies, the ring. They crisscrossed the yes. rings and belly slammed. So they both went for a cross body and slammed into each other. And okay. slammed into each other. Yes. And I will say that that move at first you were like that was awkward. But wait, that was actually cool that they connected that like mm-hmm. those types of things. Um So the second fall, you kind of Johnny Gargano gets cold to tap right away. And you were like, "Wait, what just happened? Why did he go so fast?" Do you kind of get the announcer explained a little bit the psychology of Adam Cole tapping out right away? Well, I think at first when it happened, it was so fast and it was so quick that you kind of felt like, wait, I just blinked and I missed the second fall. But when you start to think about it, it's better to get out of that second fall and then try to win the third fall Correct. than it is to try to ex- to extend the second fall and potentially lose both. So mm-hmm. it makes sense when you're going that. But when you're watching the match, it went by so quickly that you were like, wait, what, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And throughout the match, any other notes or highlights you have about this one that stood out to you? Um, that by the end of the match, they started to really like pick up the momentum and have a lot more flashy moves and things that were flashy kind of like moves. flash moves and like things that were catching my attention. Whereas I feel like the first fall, two falls really mm-hmm. were. So you understand a match, you, like a, you understand why they the did build that. of a match because you and, can't just go start, go, go, go. It's a, a climb. Yeah. And then the end is just insane you have to go insane at the end to keep everyone's attention to the to the end but yes i understand the juxtaposition between starting a match and ending a match the end of this match has a ton of crazy false finishes the undisputed era comes out tries to interfere multiple times to help adam cole win i know when i was there i as the crowd did like there was a bunch of like oh no he's gonna lose then he kicked out and all that even though you knew who won were you like were you into it at all? Were the false finishes cool? The fu- yeah, they were They were cool. They were very impressive. I would say, um, well, because I've known the ending of a lot of matches and then not known wh- what led them there. Okay. Because when you watch ahead or you see other episodes, you see who's the champion. And so mm-hmm. you know who's going to win, but you don't, it, you know, the things that make a good match is not knowing how they get to that point. And so, you know, that match and that audience and that, play-by-play was very Adam Cole heavy. And so the entire presentation of that match is pro, it's interesting you pro say that. Adam Cole. It's interesting you say that because this entire match was built to be Johnny Gargano's big moment. During the, pa- remember during the package, he was like, I'm Johnny Takeover. And they pointed out, no, you always lose a Takeover. 
So that was the whole build to this. And well, it's funny, you thought that the focus is on Adam Cole. That's I didn't interesting. think the focus was on Adam Cole. You just said you well, did. What, True. What all I'm saying is that the audience was very pro-Adam Cole. Like, they would get very excited when Adam Cole would do something, and the level of noise and mm-hmm. cheering was not the same for Johnny but, Gargano. But when Johnny wins, the place erupts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh. That's why the atmosphere before he <laughs> won. Absolutely. Rude. Um, so the ending here. When he gets him in the in the his finisher and he taps out, everyone's pumped. What do you think of the finish of the match? I thought the finish of the match was very cool. Okay. I also want to know what Adam Cole does to his hair because after that match, his hair still looked gorgeous, flowing locks, and so I would <laughs> like to know his hair care routine. Okay. Um, and then what's funny is my last note on my notes is surprise, but I cannot remember what actually happened to have me write that. Uh, I do. It's when Tommaso Ciampa shows back up. Oh, yes. So, post-match, Candice, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano's real-life wife slash wrestler comes out, hugs him. He's celebrating in the crowd. He's jumping with our friend Carrie in the front row, celebrating, and everyone's happy. And at the entryway, Tommaso Ciampa comes out. They were in a blood feud for like a whole year leading up to this. This was supposed to be the big their big final blow-off, but Ciampa got hurt. Between Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? Yes, they used to be in a tag team called DIY. I think I knew that. And I, I don't know if you were at the takeover where they split up. I don't remember. I don't know if you went to that or not, but I think you might have. Is that the one I saw? I went to one of them. It was in Chicago. Not the little house show, but the big pay-per-view one. We went to the big pay-per-view one. At Allstate? Yes, that was the one where oh, after the match, Ciampa turned on Gargano, threw him into the thing, and everyone was like, oh my God, because they thought the pay-per-view was over and everyone came rushing back to their seats. Yes, I remember that one. So there's a big blood feud. So it's interesting. Another thing we're going to find out, build matters and hype matters and and knowing the background matters. So that's that's good to know as a fan. All right. Any other final thoughts Any about the costumes, the pageantry? The, there wasn't much pageantry. It was just kind of an arena match, a big match, main event. All that stuff. Um, well, the amount of fabric, and also comparison to the older uh, okay. matches, the amount of fabric is much less in modern days. No one, mm. except for Dustin's full bodysuit. But well, I mean, it's a, what do you mean? Well, I mean, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior only wore like trunks. You just happen that's to true. you just happen to watch matches where the guys had more stuff. That's true. More stuff. All right. So, what do you? What letter grade are we giving? Gargano versus Cole, two out of three falls, take over New York 2019. See, I probably need to go back and lower my grade for the other match because if I gave the number four match a solid B. B, B minuses, pluses are also allowed. You can, you can change it. Well, I mean, this match this match is a solid B plus, A minus. Like, it mm-hmm. was a good match. I enjoyed watching it. Okay, it was good. What's next? What's the number three match for you? We've got two more to go. Yeah. So my number three match is going to be, and this might, if anyone has an extra room in their house for when I get kicked out, my number two match is the Macho King versus Ultimate Warrior. How is this number two? <laughs> so It's fucking brilliant. How do you make this number two? All right. Okay. Now we're calm down. So Macho Warrior Macho King, Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 7, 1991 at the LA Sports Coliseum. And it is a career-ending match. So first, we've got the pre-hype package. Did it make sense to you? Did you understand why these guys are in this feud? Did they do a good job summarizing it for you? Macho costing the title, all that stuff. Does it make sense? Yeah, it made sense. I knew what what the basis of the, the match was. Okay. So then the match starts. And what are our thoughts initially on their entrances and their gear and stuff like that? 
Um, well, I can't ever have watch Macho Man come in a in a building and not think of graduation. So yeah, um, I work at a school, so we do the graduation theme every year. And pomp and circumstance. Pomp and circumstance, and and. At school, I refer to it as the Macho Man entrance, so that's always what I think of right mm-hmm. when he comes in. Um, this is my favorite ring gear ever. For Macho Man's? Macho Man's. In general or just Macho Man's? In general. Okay. Like this okay. this ring gear is my the favorite. The purple and the white and the cowboy hat. The purple, hat. white, and cowboy hat. And what's funny is it's the ring gear, and, and this Macho Man is what I always associate when I think of your wrestling collectibles Good. and your your things because i remember when you got this action figure mm-hmm. when we first started dating and at our old apartment yep. and this that's been the action figure that you've had the longest so i associate wrestling with well this. i've had other figures longer but this yeah, one but this that's that's the Let first me, one you had that you displayed now this is skipping ahead but if you listen to this show you've seen this match before it's not spoiling anything did you notice that Macho Man, Macho King starts this match off as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Finishes the match off as the as the ultimate as the hero. Everybody loves him. Correct. Did you notice he was wearing a white cowboy hat, a symbolism that he will be the good guy at the end of this match? Did you notice that? No, I just noticed that it coordinated with his fringe jacket. It did. And what about them and Queen Sherry and those guys carrying him out in the throne? I, uh, I mean, that was pretty impressive. Not gonna lie. Um, Queen Sherry's outfit was atrocious That's for all the point. of you. She, okay. Hers are supposed to be obnoxious and terrible. Yeah. And like her, her whole deal is she wears terrible makeup, but she thinks she's beautiful. That's her whole deal. Okay. So it worked. That came across very clearly then. Okay. Ultimate Warrior comes out. You're used to Warrior running to the ring, shaking the ropes. He walked. Did you notice that at all? Like he's just walking to the ring. Didn't, was it a no. thing for you? No, okay. that wasn't a thing for me. I was more impressed with that amazing air... His duster? Airbrush jacket, yes. Yes, and his gear. So oh. much fringe. And there's so many de- so much details on mm-hmm. that, too. And then he takes the jacket off, and, mm-hmm. and right there on his, on his ass is the title. I mean, it was... And it says, means much more than this, and it did. Yeah. And his, his knee pads have one picture of him, one picture of the Macho King. I mean, the artistry of that outfit is beyond comparison. So we got that to start off with. And the ma- this match to me starts off right away. Like I was into. It. I mean, I, I still watch this match. It's amazing. So, what do you think? Your first time fully watching this. What are your notes on the start of the match, the middle of the match? What do you got? Well, I will say that I fully enjoyed watching this match as well. I had never watched it all the way through. Um, I had seen bits and pieces of it and knew the ending. I knew how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very exciting to follow along and watch it and see how it gets. Uh, to that ending i mean they play off each other so well like the slap right at the beginning was yep. so funny and funny <laughs> they're trying to intensity lords laughing at him <laughs> it was it was funny um but i will say that that's one of the things that i notice about old matches it's less spectacle and more actually like Story, sparring and story yep. and actually working together and okay. um being able to kind of feed off each other whereas i feel like with modern matches like the gold cold gargano match for example yeah where where it's let's see how i can flip around let's see how i can bounce from the bottom and and kick someone in the face whereas i feel like when you're watching matches of like macho man and you know warrior and Mm -hmm. bret hart and all that 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 they're actually just sparring with each other and so it's it's an interesting contrast to what i usually watch on this match, the commentary was Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, arguably the greatest 
commentary duo of all time. You mentioned the commentary a little bit ago. Do you have any no, any highlights from Bobby the Brain or Gorilla talking or any notes you wrote down that they said anything or no? Um, I My favorite line that I did write down that you could never say on your broadcast plenty of now stuff. Okay. is you couldn't even sneak a midget in. That's like the least. I'm sure it is, but that is the one that that's stuck out and yep. I wrote down. And it's just the thing is, I found myself with this commentary, being able to still watch the match and have that commentary playing in the background and being able to enjoy both. Whereas I feel like with modern matches and with modern commentary, most of the time, like Michael Cole or Corey Graves says something that like draws me out of the match because it's so random or weird or anything like that. A lot of the stuff you're saying is stuff. A lot of modern fans have issues with wrestling. So if anyone from WWE is listening, if you want to attract new fans, go back to the older style of stuff. Less is more. Less That's is true. More. Any other notes on the match? Um, On TV side of the audience, I liked the random guy who's in a full suit right in the middle. That's Donald Trump, by the way. No, no, no. That You told me Donald Trump was in the front row. This is a man oh. who is about six rows back. Okay. And he's surrounded by a whole bunch of people kids and people in like okay. cut off shirts and it's just this random man in a business suit and so cool. anytime they would go on tv side i would just be like oh how's that guy liking it he's enjoying it what about any other notes about was there any false finishes or stuff like that with all the elbow drops and the jumping on the barricade was the craziest part for me what was that when I'm, I can't remember who. I don't even. I didn't write down. I'm sure it was Macho Man jumping. Where in the Macho Man was jumping off and jumped towards the barricade. Yep. Yeah. That was just like, how does that happen? And then what about when the warrior like started talking to his hands? Were you confused by that? He was going to leave. Remember that? He was like, "This Where is my like destiny." Talking to God. And, yeah, and he was stuff. talking to the warriors. This is my destiny. He's like, I can't beat this man. Yeah. No, I just I, that didn't draw me out or change anything. I was okay. just sort of like, okay, that's happening. Whatever. Okay. The warrior obviously wins this match. After yeah, being... the note I do have is that the ending was kind of anticlimactic. Okay, so he hits him with the big. Uh, keep in mind, this is after he hit his finisher on him like several times. Oh, I'm not. So he's I'm not done. doubting he, that they're both exhausted. He gave everything he absolutely. Had. Macho Man did everything he could. He did. Worked his ass off. So you didn't like the foot on the chest to uh, the finish. It was just sort of like after that match being so okay. like mind-blowing that sign of was like okay and now we're done that is a point of contention to some people i personally like it because it shows how much macho man tried he had nothing left to yeah. give and any other notes you any other notes about the i think you talked about the arena being small or it looked small yeah this and i don't know if it is because i'm not 100 percent sure where they were but the way that the camera angles were the arena looked so small and like that it was just compared to what you see now everybody knows this who's a fan of the show but the Backstory of this is the WrestleMania 7 was originally supposed to be at the LA Coliseum, holding 100,000 people. This was also right when the uh, first Iraq war happened with Desert Storm. And WWE likes to tell revisionist history saying we had to move because of security reasons. They really hadn't moved because they only sold about 16,000 tickets. However, they probably would have ended up selling about 30 or 40,000 tickets and could have made it look big. But at this time, during this, it was a real concern about a few things about a big events and with security and things like that. The Super Bowl that year, in fact, there was concern about, is it going to happen? And then the government and President Bush at the time said, no, Super Bowl is going to happen. They basically fronted the bill for all the extra security. So WWF would have had to do that. They're probably like, screw it. So they moved it to this 
smaller arena. But the real main reason is they only sold X amount of tickets. Okay. Now we got the famous post-match stuff. Sherry starts beating the hell out of Randy saying, you lost, you loser. But pre-match, we saw Liz. And then my girl. My we girl Elizabeth comes you out. You saw her. Were you, was, wasn't that like a, the crowd's like, this is freaking awesome. I was very excited. I'm a big Elizabeth fan. I don't know if followers of this show or if you've ever, I know you've tweeted it out before, but you know, in our house, we have a wall of uh, important weddings. We do. And it has, you know, my parents and, and Steve's parents and our wedding and all of our siblings' weddings and a picture of Macho Man and Elizabeth's wedding because mm-hmm. that is truly one of the most important <laughs> weddings in our lives. Um, so I got very excited, as everyone else did, when, you know, right. the match where Elizabeth returns. There's so much here because they, there's so much stuff, which is why I love this match so much. It's There's this big background to Macho and Liv have been together, and they've been together on TV for so long. And at first he treated her like a jerk, and then they got back together. And then he won the title, and then he had so much rage with jealousy, so he lost Elizabeth. He lost everything. Became the Macho King, and he lost all this. Now he lost his his career and then the girl that's been with his side all along shows up again. And then they even say it in the commentary, you know, she was there for the beginning. Of course, she's going to be here in case this is his last match. And then she comes and saves him, pulls Sherry off. And she does the ah! like little scream as <laughs> Macho pulls back. Like, and the crowd is kind of, I don't know if you know, this is the crowd's kind of like at a hush. Like, oh, oh the happen? crowd was for sure convinced she, he was going to accidentally hit her. Yeah. It was like a, like a gasp, like, oh. And the refs try and tell him, no, it was Liz or it was Sherry hitting you. And Macho Man, you can see the, what are you doing here? Like you can see it and he mounts it off himself. And and uh, also I thought was cool was after Sherry's beaten him up, even the terrible heel Bobby Heenan says, come on, Sherry, he tried his best. <laughs> and so they reunite. And I thought you were crying when I came down to watch it, but you were just... I'm- you know it was emotional it's it's a and then he cr- they hug and then do 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 graduation <laughs> so they're all celebrating puts her up on his shoulders just a great moment and he and then he he macho man celebrates never all the corners the crowd's like hell yeah we don't care you've been a jerk the past since wrestlemania basically right before wrestlemania 5 since well, true love always wins and but so they just love the macho man they love too. the macho man and uh, then they pan to the audience and you see everyone's ridiculous reactions and all the people crying and well there's a rumor that a couple of those girls the girl in the blue dress was a plant from WWE possible. to cry because she's been other pay-per-views too and, and yellow he, hat kid i'm surprised oh, you oh, don't actually have a hat so yellow hat, I'm great. So Lauren noticed yellow hat kid. And as children, all of us were like, who is this kid with this? He was the first cosplayer of wrestlers. The first one. So people noticed him and I'm glad you did too. So fans of the show will be happy to know that you noticed yellow hat kid, AKA cosplay kid. Any other notes of this match? Just, I can't believe you had a number two, but okay. Any other notes of this match? I, I'm, I really, really enjoyed this match. Okay. I'm not going to. Not gonna lie. If you don't have anything else, that's okay. We oh, talked a I lot mean, about it. Was a very good, exciting match. So, what grade are you giving this one? I mean, it was a solid A. Okay, like, this is a match that I would watch again. Okay. Would you show it to other people? <laughs> hey, come on over. <laughs> I'll show it to our daughters one day. <laughs> I'm sure they've seen it. They've probably seen it. 
So now, the, out of the four matches we watched, your favorite one is Bret Hart, British Bulldog, SummerSlam 92, Wembley Stadium, Intercontinental Championship. This is number one. This is number one. I can't and wait to hear why. The reason I will say it's number one, the the, the biggest reason I will say it is better that... better not be Diana's jacket. No. Okay. Um, the biggest reason is, looking at the other matches, I took a page or over a page of notes and this match I barely got half a page because I found myself I was actually watching it and so the other matches I was able to pause and write stuff down or like take my gaze off and I found myself actually wanting to watch this match happen it's a great match particularly as I told you Bret Hart has told the story where him and Bulldog had this whole match planned out and he talks about it in his book and he couldn't get a hold of Davy Boy for weeks before the show because he was off smoking crack with Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And he tells Bret Hart, they lock up. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I forgot it all. So Bret had to call the whole match in the ring and walk Davy Boy through, which is more impressive. And you had a note saying that this seems so in sync. So that was more impressive. That, for you. One of the first notes I had once this match started was that it felt so amazingly choreographed. Like, you know, there's but they, but there's you, but good aspects they, and bad aspects of it, of seeing that a match is choreographed yep. because since it's supposed to, you know, look like a fight, look like a fight. Um, but this was not a negative aspect of being choreographed at all. They looked like they were doing a very extensive dance. Like it that's, was that's so, a terrible thing to say about wrestling. But, I'm sure Brett. Oh, you know, I could have, I could have had a good dance with anybody, and uh, you know, uh, me and Davy Boy, uh, you know, we had a good match, and he was smoking crack. That's my old man Bret Hart impression. That's nice. Anyway, okay. Well, what, what's we'll get to. Let's get to the match in a second. We got to start from the beginning. Inter- the interview with Sean Mooney and Diana with Hart. Deadpan Diana. She's not. She's just Canadian AF. Is all she is. Uh, are, do Canadians have no emotions? Is that what? Oh, you know, is Canadian. Uh, uh, me and uh, Davy Boy and my family and uh, and the funniest is you know is the Sean Mooney cut her off multiple times. Oh, multiple because he could tell she was a terrible talker, so he just was like, mm, "We're gonna end this right about now." So, what about the big spec? This was the big spectacle match you got to watch at this big massive. That's true. It was stadium. a huge stadium. Wembley was ginormous. It looked ginormous. It looked like there was a ton of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, did that add to your enjoyment of the match? It did add to my enjoyment, I will say, because it it was that atmosphere of um, a lot of people and a lot of enjoyment. And we have our kid coming down. We can go go ahead and go get her. Yeah, she I'll come right on there. the show. Okay. She <laughs> so our little girl Molly, who just can't sleep. This is live here in the PPW podcast. She will be the. A finale here as we talk about this last match here of the Bret Hart versus British Bulldog match. I'm going to go check on her right now. We'll be right back. And we're back. Recording back. I've got the kid down here behind us watching Bluey. Anyway, as we were talking about the match with Diana. And she's in her fringe coat. And then the Bulldog comes down. What did you think? With we, that amazing cape. Yes. We were talking about the pageantry and the spectacle. I want and, that cape. The crowd was, yes, Lauren's British, her family's (laughs) British, so the Union Jack really helped. He's from Leeds, England, I believe, so I'm not sure if you know where that is. That's his hometown. I do know where Leeds is. Okay, Lauren's family's outside of Manchester. Then Bret Hart comes down, and the crowd seemed, they're booing him a little bit, but there was a lot of cheers for him, too. Yeah, I mean, the large crowd is, is, it's interesting because then you get both sides of, there's people in the audience who like both wrestlers, so mm-hmm. there's never a clear, like, 
there's usually never a, cl- a clear winner when it comes to the audience banter. It's usually pretty even with crowds that big. And so mm-hmm. it was just a very hyped match. Did you know who won this match? No. Okay. Did that make it better for you? It did. Okay. Um, it's actually a match I had never seen before. Oh, okay. And it's a match I knew nothing about. Okay. And it's a match that I didn't even know, like, future stories for or did you have a guess of who was gonna win or are you kind of like gotta I be mean, bulldog or i mean i'm just saying that if you're hosting a a wrestling event in wembley in england and you don't have the british bulldog f- from experience those people would have rioted so i mean pure logistics told me that the bulldog was gonna well, win but I, i'll show you this in the pre-mat and like the pre-pay-per-view show there are all these people outside this one British kid saying, the British Bulldog going to win whether he wants to or not. Accurate. So he's a famous Accurate. kid. I mean. <laughs> so the match goes on. What notes do you have about the match? You don't have a ton of notes, but... I don't have a, a, a ton of notes. I will say that the the announcers in this match were hilarious. Okay. So Bobby and Vince. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg hair. Like that was... And you yes, know, and Bobby again. was talking about like, what do you need family for? They just showed up at your house to mooch a meal on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> So the the commentary on this match was was top notch. I I did notice that. Um, I will say though, that audience had a lot of bullhorns. They were you doing mean it like the air horns, like oh, they were really distracting. That was one thing that I was like, I was getting annoyed that they kept going off because I was like, I'm trying to pay attention. Was did you get any of the story here of them just wrestling? It was power moves versus like the wrestler. Yeah, like the flips off the legs and like mm-hmm. um, the back and forth, the roll ups, the yeah. roll ups, everything like that. It was just that's why I feel like this match to me was higher up in the rankings because it was just well done. Like, okay, you were watching it go back and forth, and it was actually really enjoyable to see. And then that's why about I mean I'm. I'm Five minutes in was when you told me the story about how Bret Hart mm-hmm. was doing the match basically by himself. Mm-hmm. And that then made the rest of the match all that more impressive because it looked so well, like it looked like a well-oiled machine. Okay. And so when you're watching that. Bret Hart would be very happy about that. Knowing that basically the Bulldog had no idea what move was coming next because Bret was just going to tell him what to do next. Mm-hmm. Like It's so, so much more impressive. Yes. It's a very good match. and We're going to. Sorry, my little girl Molly sneak it up on me. Do you need more milk? Okay, I'll get you some. She's just so funny. She kept sorry. This is obviously an audio podcast. Like not a visual medium. My two year old Molly, who's up now and it's ten thirty and she shouldn't be. She just woke up out of bed. She tried to like sneak up on me to not interrupt the podcast. Give me the milk. So thank you very much, Molly. We'll be wrapping up here soon. So the finish of the match kind of came out of nowhere. Where the bulldog like fell down on him. Yeah. But before that, did you think when Brett got him in the sharpshooter, were you like, is this it? Is he going to win? Well, that was one of my also favorite uh, commentary moments is when I believe it's Bobby Heenan. All of a sudden he goes, oh no, he can't turn him. But like it was right before he turned him and yep. you just hear him go, oh, he can't turn him. <laughs> <laughs> so then ends it, then it's pretty close to the finish there. They do a... Brett goes for almost like a sunset flip and the bulldog just falls down for a one, two, three. The crowd erupted. Right. I me- I was watching this one with you. You were like, wait, what? what? What just happened? Oh, the ending was very quick and out of nowhere. Do you prefer an ending like that in nowhere or do you prefer a build to an ending? I prefer a build to an ending. Okay. So you didn't love the ending. No. you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. No, because I feel like this match was enjoyable to begin with. But I will say that 
I'm much more a fan of like out of nowhere, kick to the face ending or, or a flip off the ropes ending type thing. Like, I just like, I feel like when you get to the end of those matches, I'm looking for that fireworks moment that like, well, I think this one for this particular match, it worked because the crowd wasn't expecting it came out of nowhere. One, two, three bulldogs, new IC champ and the crowd erupts because it's England. And then Diana comes in, and you have notes about Diana and her poor suede jacket. What did that you- poor suede jacket? Because let me tell you, anyone who wears suede knows that you're never getting sweat out of that jacket. And she gave both of those poor, huge, sweaty guys huge hugs. And that that fringe jacket, which was probably the talk of the town, is going to be ruined. Poor Diana. Poor Diana. Poor Diana. So, I mean, is this going to be an A-plus match for you? Nothing? A-minus? It's solid A? Because last one was a solid A, but you ranked this higher. I would say that this is probably a solid A with, depending on the grading scale, might be an A-plus. Like a 94. A 94. Or a 92. Oh, a a 92 at my school is just a plain A. So, yeah. I mean, it's a solid match. I really enjoyed it. So we've got, we're wrapping up the show here, as we should. And I've got Molly on my lap, and she wants to talk and is ready for bed. So you watched these matches, Lord. Did you enjoy all of them? Did you have any regrets from taking part, taking in this exercise? I do not have any regrets taking part in this exercise. I enjoyed it. I was interested, and I'm guessing it was on purpose, that you didn't show me any women's matches. But I will say that normally when I watch with you, I'm watching... I pay more attention and I've seen more women's matches. Yeah. And I think that's a lot too, because our oldest daughter, Penny likes watching the girls too. So that helps as well. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you came on the show. We hope everyone else enjoyed this unique perspective. Hope everyone enjoyed Molly's special guest appearance here as she's sitting on my lap. Molly, what's up? Hi. You want to say hi or no? You want to say hi on the microphone? No, you don't have to. Just pulling my string here. Thank you for coming on, Lauren. Thanks for joining the show. Molly, thanks for joining. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I also, really quick, before Molly has a meltdown here, give a shout-out to our podcast buddies and our podcast friends. First off, Scott and Jeff from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Follow them at Fully Posable. Do the wrestling figure show each and every week. Our friends over the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast do an awesome, awesome, awesome retro wrestling show each and every week. Also, they have a Patreon you could subscribe to as well that has more content for you. You can follow them at OVP Podcast. Our buddies over Eric and Barry at the Doing the Favor Podcast do two shows a week, sometimes about sports, sometimes about figures, sometimes about wrestling, everything else in between. Our friends Daniel Spencer over at the Ringside Podcast. Daniel Spencer, famous Impact Wrestling referee, is the host over there. Been friends with those guys for a really long time. Oh, I just burped, sorry. Our friends the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Also, make sure you follow Breaker's side project. You know what's fake, right? And he just had an awesome interview with Scott from Fully Posable. He had Jeff a couple weeks ago. And he had a couple of our friends from Doing the Favor, too. So follow him as well. And I think last, lastly, oh, yeah, Lee from the Raw's Nitro podcast. Our friend out there in Australia. I've been on his show a handful of times. And he's been on mine, and we'll do one again sometime soon. And then uh, Justin Summers, always with those weekly questions at Fully Posable. He has a podcast called Wrestling Cheers. You can follow them, too, at Wrestling Cheers. You can follow us at PPW Podcast. You can find all of our past podcasts for free just by searching Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast or going to SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Search us there, and we will be there for you. So, Lauren, anything else before we wrap up? Thanks for having me. It was, this was fun. I mean, 
I have not before ever watched matches this intently, and it was actually okay. So, are you re- going to watch more matches now? Are you are you a fan? I, you say that like I refuse to watch wrestling before. I have been a fan for a while, and I watch wrestling with you, and am counting down the days till we get to go to to Dallas next year. Yes, so for the mains, so Lauren will be there for the mains next year in Dallas, assuming we all are able to go. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for coming on, Lauren. We will see you next week. Blah!